This gospel lesson for this All Saints Sunday is written in the book or in the gospel according to St. Matthew, beginning with the first verse. Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad. Because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Please bow your heads with me for a word of prayer. Father God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our salvation. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. Spirit of God, fall fresh on us today. All this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Did you hear Jesus speak to you this morning? In the gospel lesson, did Jesus speak to you? Did you hear him speak to you? Did he address you this morning? Let me tell you about a couple of visits that I had in this last week with people at the hospital. You know, it seems to, 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 it's in waves, and so there's a wave of people in the hospital again. But there was one particular person that I was talking to, and we, were, we had prayed, and we were talking together, and this person said, Pastor, I have to admit something to you. I said, what's that? And this person said, you know what, last week, I wanted to give up. I wanted to give up. I wanted to stop fighting. I just wanted to give up. But then at that low time, when I was ready just to give up, it came into my mind of the one who did not give up on me. The one who fought for me. And I said to myself, I am not going to let him down. And I had the courage to live. I had the courage to fight. I had the courage to get better. And I said, you know what? You have experienced the kingdom of God. You have experienced this week and during that low time, the kingdom of God, because Jesus promised 
that if you are in the poor of spirit and you come before me and you acknowledge that you are poor of spirit, that you cannot go on, that you cannot go on, that all the power of positive thinking in the world is not helping me now, that I cannot think my way out of this, that I cannot rationalize my out of this, that nobody can give me a pill that is going to make me get out of this. At that moment, at that time, is when Jesus comes in and lifts you up and gives you what you lack and lets you fight for Him. So you do not let Him down. That Then you realize that the rest of my life, the time that God has given me, when I get through this, that it is now a time that I live for Jesus. And that my life can become a testimony for Jesus. That is the kingdom of God. That is a saint of God. Far too often, we as Christians operate on our own strength. And when we do, we do not experience the kingdom of God. But when we submit to Him, we do. You know what's wonderful about these readings and what really is at the heart of the heart of, of, of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount is this. Here is the king of the universe. Here is the creator of the world. Here is the one who sits at the right hand of God. Here is the one that there is no one greater in all of the universe. And he sits on the grass among the people. And what he is saying is, I am the kingdom of the king of the universe. And this world is going is going towards something it is going it has a destiny that there is a destiny in this world and we are moving towards that destiny and that destiny is that the world that it is today thanks be to god is going to come to an end that the pain and the suffering the war and the dying the the disease the enmity the fear the depression everything that is wrong with this world is going to come to an end And I want you to go with me, Jesus says. I want you to be with me. I want you to be a part of that. I want you to be a part of that march in time towards the end. I want you to be with me. And that's what he said that day on that hillside. And that is what he's saying to you. That I want you to be with me and I want you to be a part of this. Because there's going to be a day and there's going to be a city and there's going to be a life and there's going to be a time. Can you imagine that at some time in the, in the future, and many of us cross over and experience this sooner than others, but there will be a time that we will be with God and we will be with all those that came before us. We will be with those that we do not even know and can't even comprehend, but yet we'll all be together in the presence of God. And we will live together in eternity. And it will be a beautiful place. And it will put what we consider beautiful in this world to shame. That's what Jesus promises. But He says, but to go along with Me the first thing you have to do 
the first thing that you have to experience is that you can't. That I am not worthy. But yet you fought for me. Yet you did not give up on me. And I want to go along. And I don't want to let you down. I want to be your man. I want to be your woman. I want to be your child. Because it doesn't matter. Remember, suffer the little children to come to me. Doesn't matter. But Jesus wants us to be with him. And what does it mean to be with Jesus? What does it mean to be one of his? Well, well, the characteristics of the kingdom, and this is something that you feel inside, is meekness. That we do not lord who we are over people. I mean, you know, he talked about it. When you go somewhere, don't go for the best seat because you're going to be asked to step down. Go for the lowest seat and then have someone move you up. It's a very important thing that we are not proud, that we're meek, that we're humble, that we're mild. That's the characteristic of someone who follows Jesus that's on the way to the kingdom that doesn't want to let him down. That's a big sin for me, as you know. I'm hardly meek or mild. Maybe I'm meek in progress, but that's about it. But yet God calls me to that meekness. God calls me to that mildness. Hungering and thirsting for righteousness. To hunger and thirst for what? But to be in a right relationship with God. To be in a right relationship with people. I mean, we all know how important that is. I mean, there's always people in our lives at any moment that we are not at peace with, that we're at war with. And yet, Jesus calls us to want to have, you know, that relation, that right relationship. And, and, you know, remember when Jesus appeared to the disciples in John, the gospel according to St. John, he appears to them and says, peace be with you. The peace I give you, the world can't give you. And they looked at the holes in his hands and his feet and the wound on his side. What Jesus was showing them was that he reconciled us with God that through his suffering and death we are made right with God, that we are righteous with respect to our relationship with God. That is the righteousness, the peace that Jesus gives us. And then that allows us to make peace with others, to have, want to have righteous relationships with other people. That's the mark of the kingdom of God. And when we want, when we hunger for that, when... when that becomes a principle of life is to always want to be in a right relationship with God. We're walking with Jesus and we're not letting him down. Then Jesus talks about being merciful. I mean, 
you know, it, we do not live in a merciful country, really. Not really. We are not merciful. When somebody fails, get rid of them. We don't, we're really not a people of a second chance. And we really, we really might throw some bones at people. But when it comes to being merciful, is to love them in the way the Lord does. To want to love them into health. To love them into relationship with Jesus. That's real mercy. To be able to reach out in faith and in trust to those who nobody else wants to. And that's really difficult. And it takes a real risk and we have to die to our pride. We have to die to our, die to everything and just be a servant. Then we're walking with Jesus. Then we're walking to the kingdom. Then we're not letting him down. Blessed are the pure in heart. You know what? Everybody's got motives. Everybody, you know, like I cannot even believe within the church when you talk about things and you say, well, you got to do this because it's right and people say to you, what's in it for me? What good will that do for me? You know, it's true. And yet the pure of heart have no motives. I don't care what's in it for me. All I care is that I come with the right motives to have the attitude of Christ, to be humble and want to help and love people into relationship with Jesus. Peacemakers. We're not talking about the UN here. We're not talking about shuttle diplomacy. We're not talking about ambassadors and political intrigue. We're talking about people preaching the gospel, proclaiming the gospel, helping people to recon- be reconciled to God. That Then we're children of God. Mostly peacemaking is to put one side under the foot or two sides under the foot of a third person and coerce them into the cessation of violence. But peacemaking is reconciling people, making enemies friends. That's biblical peacemaking. Paul said we're God's enemies, but because of Jesus Christ, we have become not only God's friends, but God's children. And that's the peacemaking the church has to engage in. I know there's a lot of stuff about social justice in the church and about trying to get people things. But I've got news for you. That if we want real social justice, is if we're all really reconciled to the Lord and we really then can give sacrificially and that we can really be people of God. I mean, throwing a few bones here and there, What does it accomplish? 
But if we can truly see ourselves as being a fellowship, the body of Christ extending through the whole world, if we have brothers and sisters that are hurting somewhere in the world, then we would help, I mean, we would reach out incredibly. But it's that sense, Jesus says, that's what I want. If we're going to be peacemakers, if we're going to be merciful, we have to do it out of the right motives and really want to do something. But that's going to be tough, and it's going to mean you're going to have to spend time. And it means you're going to have to spend resources. Then you're going to have to do something. But the, the incredible thing is, we should want to do that. Why? Because we want to walk with Jesus. We want to walk to the kingdom. We want to be with him. And we don't want to let him down. And so often we let him down. So often I let him down. I don't want to let him down. I don't want to give up. I don't want to stop fighting. Because he didn't give up on me. He doesn't give up on me. And then, and then you know, the most incredible thing is Jesus says, and guess what? When you're really walking with me, you're going to get persecuted. When you're really, really, really walking with me, you're going to be persecuted. You're going to get in trouble. People are going to say terrible things about you. They're going to arrest you. They're going to do all kinds of things to you. They're going to say all kinds of things to you. But when they do, because you're walking with me, don't be sad. Rejoice and be glad. Take it as an affirmation because you're standing with me because that's what they did to me. You're standing with me and you're standing with Isaiah and you're standing with Jeremiah and you're standing with Abraham and you're standing with Noah. So I guess the question Jesus says is who are you standing with today? The question to Pastor Ed is who are you standing with today? I want to stand with them. I want to stand with Jesus. I want to stand with the prophets. But it's going to cost. It's going to cost time. And it's going to cost efforts. And it's going to cost sleep. And it's going to cost all those things. But Jesus says, don't worry, because it won't be in vain. Because your reward will be great in heaven. So guess what? Next time you're in a restaurant, bow your head and ask God's thanks for, or God's blessing on this food. Show you're a Christian in public. When you get up in the morning, the first thing you should do is grab your Bible and a devotion book and read it if you're not. And if you are, do it at night too. I mean, we need to, be, we need to stand up. We need to be fed. We've got to, you know, priority. Worship is a priority. All of that needs to be a priority. We have to look at the world and we have to see where there are needs and how we can address them. That's what we have to do as a church. You know, we're part of an organization 
or two organizations, and one of them's doing, going through a very difficult time. And so what do we do? Do we kind of stand around and twiddle our thumbs? Or do we get in there, and do we get in the fight, and do we change it? That's my question to you. What do we do? What are we willing to do? What are we willing to do? Well, I can tell you what Jesus wants us to do is to get involved. Get involved in life. Get involved outside the walls of this church. Isn't that what Roy said last week? A church that isn't involved outside its walls, its walls is not a church. So that's the challenge on this All Saints Day, is to get involved, to walk with Jesus, to walk with the prophets, to get involved, to spend the time, to take the pain. Because why? Because someone took the pain for us, and we do not want to give up on him. In a moment, we're going to have Holy Communion. And think about this. When Jesus comes to us, he comes to who? The body of Christ. Are you a part of the body of Christ? Someone could say yes. Okay, we're a part of the body of Christ. The people that we love that have gone before us, Are they a part of the body of Christ? Okay. So when Jesus comes to us, and he comes to us in, with, and under the bread and the wine, the body of Christ is together. And that means us here now and everybody that went before us. And so when we have this moment at the rail, it is a holy moment that the people of God are together. That we commune as a church without the boundaries of time and space, life and death. I want you to experience that today. That's my prayer. That this is a holy moment where we experience being reunited with the ones we've lost through Christ because we're a part of his body. And he comes to us in, with, and under the bread and the wine. Amen.